Before you're seated, thank you for Pastor's Appreciation Day. We, it's usually in October, not that it's a calendar date, but like the collective church got together in this executive committee session and determined October. I'm totally kidding about that. Uh, but somehow October became Pastoral Appreciation Month. Somehow. And, but we had a conference in October, so we pushed it down to November, or the staff did. It's not like we construct our own Pastoral Appreciation Day and determine that sort of thing. That's kind of awkward. Uh, I, how can I do this? So somewhere in the message today, one of the, one of the most... It's not a sad day, but one of the saddest scriptures arguably in the Bible is when the prophet Elijah confronted his own people on top of Mount Carmel, and he told them the truth. He said, you're going to have to choose between the real God or Baal. So he wasn't talking to the world. He was talking to what we would call today the church, his own people. And then one of the saddest things ever the Bible says this, a verse that it's hard to preach about because it's like, it's counterintuitive to the height. It doesn't get too many people on their feet going like, shut up. But it's truth. The Bible says one of the scariest verses, it kind of makes you, it breaks you. It says this, and the people stood completely silent. One version says, and the people said nothing. It's the silent church. A silent church is a dying church. A silent church is a dead church. So I want to kick off this sermon today with, with something counter to silence. And it's not done for the purpose of he's trying to get us excited. No. I just want to prophetically just raise the roof. And I want to lift up the name of Jesus. So what I say now... I want you to find the best possible praise that you have given God in the past 21 months. Since they announced the beginning of a pandemic, I want you to push back and give God the best praise you've given Him. Ready? One, two, three, find that. Somebody praise Him like He's on the throne because He is. Somebody worship. Like the blood of Jesus still forgives the sins of man. Somebody give God a shout. Like the Spirit of God is still moving upon the face of the earth. Somebody rejoice. Like all of His promises are yes and amen. Hey! Somebody celebrate like He's still moving mountains. Before you're seated, look at the neighbor next to you and tell him, show up. Speak up. Stand up. Tell your other neighbor that the one doesn't want you to tell him anything. Show up. Speak up. Stand up. And then tell the neighbor behind you, that is the ecosystem of change. All right, all the holy troublemakers, you may sit down. We've been preaching this series now for a while. But it's what heaven starts, hell cannot stop. Today's title is Holy Troublemakers. And the subtitle is The Ecosystem of Change. This is how you change your life and the world around you. You, you show up, you speak up, and you stand up. You show up. Somebody say show up. Show up. Speak, up speak up. Stand up. Stand up. 
I, I, full disclosure, pastoral disclaimer. Things that you normally won't hear from a, from a, a pastoral pulpit stage on a Sunday because it's how the sausage is made. A sermon can either, let me use an analogy here, an example. Sermons either are a massage, a trip to a masseuse, or to a chiropractor. The vast majority of sermons, and I confess, I give these two. So I, I'm not going like these, no. I, there are sermons that are massages. They, they make you feel good. Release the tension. And then they're good. They make you feel good. You walk out going like, hey, hip-hop hooray, you know. I'm going to take over the world. And it's all spirit-empowered, Christ-centered, biblically substantiated. But then there are sermons that are a trip to a great chiropractor. It's not a massage, baby. You get put in some, I'm saying this out of testimony. I've never been to a chiropractor in my life until a couple of months ago. Never been to one. I questioned the legitimacy of chiropractors uh, and, and all that. And I, I went into a chiropractor who fixed a bunch of stuff. But the awkward positions, how they put you, they did stuff to my body that wasn't right. They, they do crazy things like, look this way, and then my hips went that way. Like, who does that? And then what that chiropractor did, an amazing chiropractor, what that person did to my neck was just egregious malfeasance. That noise should not come from your neck. I went like, oh, wow, this is it. Why am I warning you? What does that have to do with the price of chicken? This sermon today is not a massage. So if you came for a massage, come next Sunday. But this is a chiropractor biblical alignment. Part of this sermon is going to make all of us feel uncomfortable, but it's going to put things in alignment. As a pastor, I admit I preach both, massages and chiropractor. Today, you're going to hear some things crack. 1 Kings 18, verse 11. And now you say, go tell your master, Elijah is here. We're talking about the prophet Elijah. When Ahab saw him, verse 17. He exclaimed, is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel, you troublemaker of Sacramento, you troublemaker of Lodi, you troublemaker of Stockton, you troublemaker of Granite Bay and Roseville and Rockland, Carmichael, Vacaville, San Francisco. I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. It's you and your family that are the troublemakers. For you have refused to obey the commandments of the Lord. And you have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now summon, now Elijah just looks at the king of Israel and says, now I'm going to tell you what to do. The prophet telling the president what to do. Summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel. Along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah. These are all prophet liars. False prophets who are supported by your wife, Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Verse 21. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, 
How much longer will you waver? Hobbling between two opinions. He's speaking to his own people now. If the Lord is your God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. We're living this again. The first point today is show up. And now you say, go tell your master Elijah's here. You were here last week, show up. I need you to repeat after me and say, I am here. The first thing, in order for us to create an ecosystem of change, of transformation, it requires you and I to show up. I am here. One more time. Say, I am here. Again, last week we talked about all the deterrence, everything hell unleashed to stop you from showing up and being here. Let me repeat. Life begins when we show up. Change takes place when we show up. The atmosphere shifts when we show up. What if I tell you Christ is exalted when we show up? God's promises are fulfilled when we show up. Hell trembles when we show up. Heaven rejoices when we show up. Families are saved when we show up. God makes a way when we show up. Doors open when we show up. The world changes when we show up. For when we show up, when I show up, when you show up, we never show up by ourselves. When you, like Elijah, declare, I am here, it is not the eye of narcissism, egocentrism, unbridled humanism, or selfishness. When you declare, I am here, you are declaring, the I am who I am declares that I am. It's here. When you declare, I am here, you're saying the I am of Galatians 2.20 is here. The I am that died with Jesus and resurrected with Christ is here. The I am that is hidden in the finished work of Jesus is here. The I am so filled with the Holy Spirit that it is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me is here. When you are a born-again child of God and you declare, I am here, what you are technically saying is, we are here. Because in reality, when you show up, you never show up by yourself. You missed it, but you'll get it. Every time you show up as a child of God, every time you are present in mind, body, soul, and spirit, emotionally, intellectually, and financially, you never arrive by yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, somebody shout the word entourage. Somebody shout the word posse. Psalm 23, verse 6 says, goodness and mercy shall follow me some of the days on the good days on the holy days on the sunny days all the days of my life Psalm 34 verse 7 says the angel of the Lord surrounds those who fear him and he delivers them Mark 16 17 These signs will accompany those, will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. Hello, Rosetta Stone. When you show up, goodness shows up. When you show up, mercy shows up. When you show up anywhere, angels show up. That's why when you go to Starbucks and order your coffee, it's not just you showing up. It's goodness and mercy. It's signs and wonders. It's the angels of God showing up. 
And when you show up, more importantly, the Father shows up. The Son shows up. And the Holy Spirit says, I am I am here. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, that you are the light of the world. Which means when you show up, the light shows up. And darkness must flee. Oh, uh, here it is. Therefore, God is telling you this morning to stop making excuses and show up. Stop going around in circles in life's proverbial desert and show up. Stop playing the victim role and show up. Stop blaming others and show up. Stop waiting for government to solve your problems and show up. Stop waiting for a stimulus check and show up. Stop saying one day and make today that day and show up. Stop being easily offended and show up. Stop bringing up the past and show up. Show up with your prayers. Show up with your praise. Show up with your shout. Show up with your worship. Show up with your love. Show up with your truth. Show up with your forgiveness. Show up with your compassion. Show up with your service to others. Show up and start some trouble. Show up and stir things up. Anybody here ready to show up? Tell your neighbor, I'm ready to show up. Ooh, show up. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? Somebody say, here comes trouble. So let me ask you a question. Let me not assume anything. Are you aware of a troublemaker in your family? Uh, you know what? Let's be more self-reflective. Were you the troublemaker in your family? You know who you are because you're smirking right now. The moment the king of Israel saw the prophet, he said, here comes trouble. We do need some holy troublemakers to rise up. And I know you could ask, Pastor Sam, is that biblical? You're asking Christians to be troublemakers. No, I'm just using the language that was used back here, not only in the Old, but in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, let me show you a troublemaker, the quintessential troublemaker. The one that everyone thinks was this just beautiful, pristine, quiet, never did anything controversial, Jesus. Floating on a cloud. Really, let me tell you what super quiet lamb Jesus said. Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. Ooh, what happened to that Jesus? He said, I have not come to bring peace, but I have a sword to divide between belief and unbelief. I don't know if you got that right now. Hey, Jesus was not some sort of little quiet, bad lamb, introverted. He's not the one that's hanging on a cross like this in perpetuity. The Jesus that we serve is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the host of hosts and the Prince of peace. The Jesus that we serve, Colossians 2.15, he took every devil, every demon, every legion, every principality, and Colossians says he defeated them publicly, making a spectacle out of them on the cross. That's the Jesus we serve. Acts 17 verse 6 says, 
they dragged Jason and the other believers out right in the beginning of the church. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world to be a troublemaker. Let me repeat, to be a troublemaker spiritually and prophetically is to flip the script, to stir things up, and to inject a virus in the algorithm of unrighteousness. So I declare there's a generation of troublemakers rising up. Elijah, in the eyes of the king of Israel, was the troublemaker because he confronted sin. Moral relativism, cultural decadence, and spiritual apathy. Watch this. Elisha, if you're not privy to this, Elisha was his successor. So Elijah was the spiritual father. Elisha was the spiritual son. As a matter of fact, he trained them. Do you know the story? We're going to get to it inevitably before the end of this year, or at least before the rapture. So it, this is a spiritual son. Elisha, this is something you may have never heard about. Elijah confronted Ahab, the king of Israel, his own people. Elisha confronted the foreign king. Mm, you missed it. Assyria, Aram. You, 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 this, Elisha focused on the external threats. Elijah dealt with the fact that his house had to be in order. Our generation needs to put things in order here so the next generation can change the world out there. Yeah, you're going to get this in a second. Let, let me repeat it. Elisha confronted the king of Assyria, Elisha, in 2 Kings 8. Elijah confronted the king of Israel in 1 Kings 18. You, you, what does this mean, Pastor Sam? Before Elisha caused trouble out there, Elijah caused trouble inside here. What does this mean for us? This is why I told you about the chiropractic session. Here we go. Get ready. Don't be tense. I'm going to give you what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 7, verse 5. This is the words of Jesus. Again, not me. Don't get offended with Sam. This is, if you have a problem, text the Holy Spirit. Not my words. Not my, I, I don't make the pizza. I deliver it. Here's the words of Jesus, not mine. This is, this will be, if Jesus would have been alive today, he would have been canceled a long time ago. They would have kicked him off Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Here we go. Hypocrite. Jesus said that with an exclamation point. Get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes. First Peter 4.17 says, for the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's house. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? This is hard, so please put on your seatbelt. Here comes the cracking of the bones in your neck. Before we overturn Roe versus Wade in the Supreme Court, we have to overturn Roe versus Wade in the church of Jesus Christ. Do your, biblical, do your biblical due diligence and do, do your data due diligence as it pertains to abortions. 40% of all abortions in America are committed by people that attend church every single Sunday. Or at least three to four Sundays a month. Put that in perspective. Before we address human sexuality in the culture, we have to address biblical sexuality in the church. Crack, crack, crack. 
before we flip the script in the world, we must flip the script in our families, in our churches, in our community. Before we point the finger over there, we need to point the finger over here. Am I preaching to anybody? Let's stop trying to change something out there when we haven't changed that very thing in here first. How about this? We all got upset when the governor of California declared that the church was not essential. But why didn't we get upset when a great number of Christians in California already were behaving like the church was not essential? We have, are we okay? We have to start trouble in Israel before we start trouble in Assyria. We have to fix what's wrong in our house before we address what's wrong in our neighbor's house. But praise be to God. I'm here to perfectly declare this is the season. God is putting your house in order. God is putting, God is putting my house in order. Your house, my house, the church in order. God is getting your house in order in order to give you the legitimacy to crash the gates of hell and take back everything that hell stole from you. If you are willing to let God put things in order in your house first, raise one hand. If you want God to put things in order in your house before this year is over, if you, if you dare to pray, God, whatever it takes, bring order to my house, to my family, to my way of thinking, to my integrity, to my atmosphere, to my family, to my church, so I can have the authority to declare in the name of Jesus the power of God to a broken world. Can I prophesy right now? I believe that God's about to put things in order. There's an alignment going on. This is not a massage, baby. This is a chiropractic. It's a session. God is aligning your spine, your vertebrae, all your C's. He's putting everything in order. But praise be the Lord. Once you walk right, you're about to step in and occupy. Somebody prays like you're about to do it. Somebody shout like you're about to do it. Somebody rejoice like God's about to kick out everything in your life out of alignment with his heart, his will, and his way. He's putting everything right inside of you so you can fix what's wrong outside of you. He's saving you so you can save others. He healed you so you can heal others. He's setting you free so you can set others free. The same God that is doing the work in you is the same God that will do the work through you. I feel the Lord right now. I told you it was going to hurt. God is at work in you. God is at work with you. And God is at work through you. I hear the words, here comes trouble. Look at your neighbor tell him, here comes trouble. I'm telling you, he's putting your finances in order. He's putting your way of thinking in order. Even in your relationship, he's putting things in order. He's, he's preventing you from certain people. He's surrounding you with the right people because you and your house are about to see the glory of Jesus like you have never seen before. Somebody, somebody shout, here comes trouble. Tell your neighbor, here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. It's uncomfortable. He's going to tell you, look this way. Then he's going to take your hips, put them this way. He's going to tell you, raise your leg while he stretches your arm. I mean, who does that? And all you hear is a... 
there were things out of order. And the stress you've been feeling and the tension and the pain is because there were things out of order. So help me God not making this up. My son Nathan, my wife, they know this, Lauren, because especially Nate, because he, he's a workout guy, he's amazing. So he, he knows this because we went through the whole process. I, I, December 2019, I'm, I'm obsessed with just working out and eating healthy and exercising on occasion. I still get my pizza and still do my cheating stuff and all that. But I, I work it out the day after. Uh, but, but I'm an exercise, like OCD about exercising. And I did something silly in December 2019. I did this exercise where I put all the pressure on my C's, my C6, C7, if you know anything about your neck. And, and I put the pressure there. I should never have pushed. I did. It was heavy weight, and I pressed them. I stretched a nerve. So it's called brachial plexus. It's called a burner in football. But I stretched it. Now, it was crazy. When I stretched that nerve, it went whoop, and I, I heard the crack. It went click. So I got out of there. I was fine, except I was dizzy. Like, things were like, whoa. What just happened? And to someone who has never done drugs, I went like, whoa. <laughs> what just happened? So all of a sudden, my fingers started doing their own thing. Like, zoom. I'm walking around and zoom. And zoom. I'm going like, what is this? It, just, it became really weird. So I went to the doctor. They went, they went through a thorough examination to make sure it wasn't anything serious. They went to the most highest of the top guy in the region. They just dotting their eyes, crossing their T's, right? They went, you know, hey, Sam, you're perfectly fine. You have a stretched nerve. You have brachial plexus. And I go, all right, now that we know what it is, how do we fix it? So they went like, it, it sometimes takes six to 12 months and sometimes a year and a half. Sometimes it never gets fixed. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Oh, we're going to take you through a therapist. So they put me, they sent me through a therapist through my health care provider, God bless them. But the therapist never did any of the chiropractor. All they did was give me massages. All I got for how many months was it, honey? Did I, I went three months. And all I did was go twice a week to a person who will massage my neck. I would walk out. Ooh. The, the, the fingers would still go poof. Sometimes I would preach here on Sunday. And, and all of a sudden, poof. And y'all thought it was like the Holy Ghost. It wasn't. It was a nerve. Y'all say, oh, pastor's anointed. No. It was my workout. It had nothing to do with the anointing. And then, all of a sudden, then, then I did something silly. I came back from Promise Keepers this year. I worked out. I forgot the exercise that I did a year and a half before that messed me up. Totally forgot. Guess what I did? I re-injured it. So right this summer, I went, I went, no. And I even, the moment I did, I went, no. And 24-hour fitness went, let's stop that guy from ever coming in here again. Oh, man. So I went, I can't go through the dizziness. and I can't. So finally, somebody said, you've got to go to a chiropractor. Your problem is not a massage. What you need is an alignment. I go, I went to the best doctors that UC Davis could possibly offer. The teaching doctor who graduated from Stanford. Are you kidding me? You're telling me that your chiropractor is going to do what that, these guys are going to do? The chiropractor will do. So I went to the chiropractor. Look over here. Stretch over here. They took my toe. They put it in my ear. Stuff I've never seen before. It's not humanly possible. Your toe cannot go in your ear. But she did that. Um, she happens to be part of our church, actually. She's amazing. 
So, boop, crack, crack, boom, boop, pop, pop. I'm going like, what just happened? I walked out of that place. I went, where's the dizziness? I went, no, this is psychosomatic. You're convincing yourself that you're better. There's no way that this could actually happen. It's putting things in alignment. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing right now. You wanted a massage, but you needed a chiropractor. So I sense the Lord when I tell you right now. I promise you we're getting to the end of the year. God is putting things in order as I speak. In the next few days and weeks, prophetically, spiritually speaking, even relationally speaking, you're going to hear some noise. Oh, I, no. You're going to hear some things. You're going to see some awkward positioning. But let not your heart be troubled. God is saying, I am putting things in alignment because you're about to walk upright like you've never walked before. And you're about to occupy what you've never occupied before. And you're about to conquer what you've never conquered before. If you believe it, give God one more praise like you believe it. If you're ready for an alignment, stand with me right now. If you're open for God to put things in order, stand with me. If you got the word, raise your hand. Alignment, just lift up your hands. I sense the Lord. Just alignment. 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 Alignment, 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 alignment. Oh, troublemakers, God is putting things in order. He's just putting things in order in your mind. He's putting thoughts in order. He's putting thoughts in order. The memories of your past will no longer lead the way. He's saying, no, no, they belong in the right place under the blood of Jesus. I'm putting imagination in your mind. I'm putting hope in your mind. Matter of fact, the Lord is saying, I'm putting vision in your mind you never had before. You know why you couldn't have the vision? Because things were out of order. Because the memories of your past were in front. And God says, that's out of order. The memories of your past of what you went through should not be leading your past. I'm going to take the memories and I'm going to bury them under the blood of Jesus. In front of your mind, you're going to have vision. In front of your mind, you're going to have creativity, innovation, ingenuity, imagination. He's putting your thoughts in order. Watch this. You're no longer going to be led by your emotions. No, 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 no. God ordained reason, logic, common sense, practicality. That's going to lead the way. No longer will your emotions lead you. It's going to be the beautiful wisdom of the Lord that will guide you in all your decisions. I feel the Lord. He's putting your finances in order. This idea of going paycheck to paycheck, living off debt, paying 24% to a credit card company who's milking you and treating you like a sucker. No, that, that, those days are over. He's putting you in order financially where you liquidate debt, where you live in such a way that you leave a legacy of wealth for the next generation to be able to advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth. He's putting your relationships in order. I said he's putting your relationships in order. If you're married, raise your hand. If you wish you weren't, raise your other hand. Don't. That's not. Stop that. Go to your room. He's putting your marriages in order. I remember a time, many, some years, many years ago, 
already been pastoring for, let's just say, a while. And I've been doing ministry since I was 16 years old. 14 started with a calling, 16 started preaching. I remember when the Holy Spirit convicted me about my wife. And the Holy Spirit told me straight up, just one day, because just like this, I wanted a massage, I needed an alignment. And the Holy Spirit told me years ago, and it changed my life. He said, so how do you see the church? And I go, well, the church, you know, you know, at that time I wasn't using the word lids. I was using, you know, I just don't see things going the right way and, you know, things going the right way. And, go, and I mean, I, and that the old Sam, this is Sam, I mean, I started 20-something years old when I, was, when I was pastoring. I was going, you know, but you, you know, God, Sam, you know, I'm doing this, doing that. And God looked at me and said, so I'm, I'm asking you about the church. Let me ask you the question that you really need to answer. How are you treating your wife? And I went, what does my wife have to do with the church? And the Holy Spirit said, absolutely everything. I went, what does my wife have to do with the church? He said, everything. The moment you treat your wife the way you want me to treat the church, I'm going to bless the church the way that you want me to bless the church. I went, oh, snap. I went, order, alignment, alignment. Samuel Rodriguez would eat McDonald's at, at, at 12 o'clock at night. The Big Mac and the French fries and the strawberry shake. Yeah, a lot. How many liters of Coke per day? A lot. Holy Spirit said, you're out of order. I need you for the long run, sunshine. You got to get your diet in order. I know I told you it was different from the usual Sunday. Again, I'm a massage guy and a chiropractor. I get the anointing. And it's a good balance. Pastors should preach and do both. But, but if we have to aim somewhere, we should aim 60% chiropractor, 40% massage. If we're 80% massage, 20% chiropractor, I'm going to make you feel good. But I'm not doing anything to align you with the purpose and the will of God so you can succeed and accomplish. We may even go 70-30. If you got this message, raise your right hand. The Holy Spirit wants to put things in order in your life. It's not about you feeling good about yourself. It's about you being in perfect alignment with the Word of God, the will of God, and the way that is God. Living according to His Word, His commandments, His outline for integrity and righteousness, all through the grace-filled work of Jesus. But we got to get things right. Look up here. I saw a video. I'm going to calm down here for a second. Get full of righteous indignation sometimes and it gets me. I saw a video that has gone viral with unbelievable numbers of views around the world. Some of you have seen it. It is a video that is created by individuals who have an agenda regarding human sexuality. With the this is on TikTok. With the objective of the video is to inevitably. The outcome of the video is to one day legitimize pedophilia. Adults wanting to have sex with children. And meanwhile, the church is silent. Because we don't want to offend people that believe that's okay. And that we're going to stay silent while they're coming after our kids. What will it take for the church to finally say no? We care more about our we care more about our political affiliation. I don't give a holy hoot about your political affiliation. If you're a Democrat more than you are a Christian, you need to be born again. 
If you're a Republican more than you are a Christian, you need to be born again. What? I don't care. My parents were Democrats. My parents were Republicans. My parents, I don't care. I am a Christian. That should lead you first and foremost. This is a way to empty out a church. This is it. This message is how you empty out a church, supposedly, because people can't handle it anymore. They're coming after our kids. I saw that video yesterday, and I, I lost it. I have kids. My kids are grown up, but I have three little grandkids now, and I'm thinking about them, and I'm not even preaching the way I used to. I used to be 80% massage, 90%, but I can't because they're coming after my kids. So please forgive me if this is too tough for you. You know, get Australian cream, Bengay, Vicks, whatever you want to put on yourself. But in order for us to change the world, we need to speak truth to power. We will not be silent. We cannot be silent. Is there anyone here who comes in agreement that silence is not an option? Again, do it again. I don't want to lose any of you. I love you as your pastor, but I can't be quiet anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't. And it's not political, but there are political, when politicians are the ones legitimizing and legalizing ideologies that come counter to the word of God and come after our children, somebody has to speak up. And for all of you going, oh, Pastor Sam, you're part of one party. Oh, get over yourself. I've been an advisor to three presidents. I spoke at two inaugurations, one for Obama, one for Trump. So get over your judgmental self. I may be banned on Facebook, but when the governor of California just out of the blue signed the law, that said that Target and Walmart and department stores could no longer have a boys and girls category. You know, you know what the church did? Nothing. You know what we did? We went to church and on that Sunday we probably heard a sermon of five steps on how to feel good, four steps on how to get a mani-pedi, two steps on how to get better coffee. Are you kidding me? They just outlawed boys and girls. One elected official with his legislative body just determined that the word boys and girls is no longer, they're no longer good terms. And the church just stood. Let the holy church of Jesus please stand up. I'm done. If you're offended by this message, and I mean that, if you are, let me give you a number for you to call. You want to write this down? It's Romans 8:11. Call that number. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that prompts me to preach the word of God today. No, man. I can't pastor a silent church. I can't pass it. You say, Pastor Sam, but you don't know. No, you have no idea. I, the, last, the last three presidents, you weren't there when I criticized each and every one of them when they were out of alignment in certain occasions of the Word of God. You weren't there. I was there. The Holy Spirit was there. 
other people were there who documented it. But the church cannot be silent. I'm done. I'm going to get in trouble here. silent and we won't. My assignment for the next 48 years is to activate the Elijah's and Elisha's. To find the people who will not sacrifice truth. I'm not talking about a hateful church. No, no, no. I'm not talking about an angry church. No, 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 no. Again, we're not fighting against individuals. We're fighting against ideologies, principalities, and powers of darkness. We deliver truth with love, but we can't be silent. This is, your, this is your chiropractor appointment. Welcome to your holy alignment. If you received all of this, even if it's hurt, now give God the best praise you've given him in the past 24 hours.